sports story everyone's talking about today is just moments away. So call or text us right now at 573-875-KTGR and make your voice heard. This is The Big Show with Andy and Brendan on KTGR. Folks, they're calling it the Tallahassee Screwjob. No, I don't think they're actually doing that, but, you know, it'd be a fun name if they coined it. Hi, I'm producer Chris Mitchell. Andy Humphreys over there. It's The Big Show, second hour of The Big Show, right here on KTGR and KTGR.com. 505, we talk more about that Cotton Bowl because it sounds pretty cool to me. I don't know about you. Zoo versus Ohio State in the New Year's Six Bowl. We can also talk about some Zoo hoops. Did they find their best starting five? We can talk about that at 505, 525. Oh, boy, the Chiefs kind of stink right now. Ugh, it's, it's not a whole lot of fun football to watch. We'll unpack that game against the Packers on Sunday Night Football. Then at 545, Cardinals, action coming? Are they are they partaking in this hot stove that's kind of heating up right now? We'll get into all of that and more. 573-875-5847 to shoot us a call or a text. But before we get to all that, we got to do this because it is 5 o'clock. It's time for the top five at five on the big show. Number one. You want to trade away for curtain number one? You can have curtain one. Well, I am very happy to see the matchup that Mizzou got in the setting that it got as well. They're in the Cotton Bowl in Arlington on Friday, December 29th against Ohio State. It is number seven versus number nine. And uh, the Tigers get a chance to go up against the big brand and, and really show out. This season has all been about something to prove, and I think it's still going on. Like, they want to prove even more that they can go up against one of these big boys on a big stage in prime time and might not matter who's uh, playing on the other side because, look, it, it's the people see the brands, not necessarily the players as much in, in college football, and Mizzou has a real chance uh, to open some eyeballs in this bowl game, and that's really what it's all about, bowl season. Number two. Number two, your timing is impeccable. This matchup was kind of made possible because both Georgia and Florida State missed out on the college football playoff. Florida State being left out, to me, is egregious. If you go through your schedule in a Power 5 conference, I understand the ACC isn't the strongest, but you go undefeated, you're one of three teams that go undefeated in a Power 5 schedule, and you play two Power 5 teams on top of that Sorry, I don't care if your quarterback got hurt and it makes your situation a lot different. You deserve to be in because the things that are out of your control ended up keeping you out, and that ultimately is not fair. Number three. There's Jordan for three. Yes! Hey, the, ace, the AP, I should say, came out with their all-SEC teams, and there are seven Mizzou players on there. Five first-teamers. You've got Cody Schrader, Luther Burden, Javon Foster, Darius Robinson, and Chris Abrams-Drain. A couple of second-teamers. Cameron Johnson, very nice honor for him. And then Harrison Mevis, the kicker. And guess what? SEC Coach of the Year, Eli Drinkwitz. According to the Associated Press, I believe the, the SEC comes out with its awards maybe later on this week. But I think he's got a good chance at that, too. Number four. four. Oh, it's shanked it. Chiefs, what are you doing? Even though the call went against them uh, on the defensive pass interference on MVS later in the game, the Chiefs were not playing well enough to win that game. They lost 27-19 to the Packers. They fall to 8-4 on the season. One seed, you can still get it by running the table here, I think, but it just became a whole lot harder. And that game against the Bills at Arrowhead Stadium next Sunday just got a whole lot more important. Number five. What did the five fingers say to the face? Stop! You know, we could have a 12-team playoff this year if not for that phony alliance. 
That's the Big Show's Top 5 at 5 on KTGR. 875-KTGR. Call or text us here on the show to uh, give us your thoughts on the uh, the college football playoff and the like. But uh, here's the thing. Uh, again, this, this matchup for Mizzou, excellent. I think just about as well as you could have hoped for. I would have liked to see Oregon, too. That would have been a, a nice game also. I think if that would have happened... It would have been in the in the Fiesta Bowl most likely, uh, because Oregon probably would want a little bit of a closer place to go. Um, but man, the the fact that Mizzou gets to go up against this brand of Ohio State, and yeah, they're gonna probably have to figure out their quarterback situation. Kyle McCord entered the transfer portal earlier this morning, but that is still a, a uber talented team. They're gonna replace uh, whoever opts out or transfers away they're going to replace him with another four star that that team is loaded with talent so beating them is going to be a a huge challenge and so uh, i think no matter who you're seeing on the other side mizzou uh, if they get this win they can vault themselves into a, a high place that not too many college football teams get to be at the end of the season they can rise themselves up a little bit more in the rankings, probably take Ohio State's spot at seven at the very least. Who knows, uh, just depending on what the other matchups could be. But uh, I-, I love the fact that they get to do this uh, and and face the Buckeyes. It would have been a bit of a disappointment if they're going up against Liberty. No offense to Liberty. But, I mean, yeah, all offense. It, it, Why not? <laughs> Throw but, under the bus. But, again, like to go up against a team that you knew – like. It, to kind of renew a matchup that hadn't been played in, I believe, almost 25 years, and to see what this team is actually made of against one of the best outside of the SEC, I think is a great situation for Mizzou. So we'll see what they can do in that game coming up in a few weeks. Let's go to Old Jay here on the KTGR Hotline. You can call or text us at 875-KTGR to get your thoughts in. Old Jay, what's up? <laughs> Old Jay loves this matchup, man. Oh man! Oh boy, do I! Oh, so yes, ladies and gentlemen, there will be two, two tigers' tails. One for this show. One that if I did it on the show, um, everybody would probably be fired, and the show would be canceled. So uh, that please don't do that. Be, no, no, we will probably do that one on. Um, I'll figure out a way to broadcast it, and, and we'll we'll link it up. But um, okay. do, you, if, do you guys, when I do it, do you want me to tag you guys, yeah. or do you not want me to? <laughs> I, we'll leave it up to you, shadow I suppose. <laughs> By, like, proxy? Yeah. I hope not. Put the notices on there and everything. But, no, in all honesty, um, I, I, I actually like this matchup. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I think it's – funny that Ohio State's already coming out with the excuses if Missouri wins. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's already I mean, it's, yeah. it's, oh, well, this, this isn't a national championship, and that's what Ohio State does. Oh, blah, it's, blah, it's blah, Mizzou's blah, Super Bowl. Blah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. And, and here's the thing. Yeah, it is. And I'm not afraid to say, yes, this is a huge game, but stop with the excuses, okay? You guys played two real teams all season long, lost to the, the one. Okay, Speaking of playoffs, yeah, you mentioned the alliance, yeah, Big Ten, Pac twelve, ACC, Big Act twelve, Pac twelve is gone, yeah, right, yep. You're not going to leave out a blue blood, so 
is the ACC being punished for screwing the NCAA out of the 12-game playoff and the revenue that would have been generated by a 12-team playoff? It's very. Uh, here's the thing. It's very ironic that uh, Jim Phillips, the commissioner of the ACC, he comes out with this, uh, you know, big time statement saying how wrong this is. But I mean, you're the one that wanted to uh, not move the game forward by voting against the playoff. So it's and, and it's kind of how it goes. This is actually this is what I would actually love to happen. I would love for Texas to wipe the field uh, of Washington. For Alabama, and again, this is coming from a Michigan fan, I want Alabama to beat the living crap out of Michigan and Georgia beat the living crap out of Florida State because then they go, yeah, you guys did get this wrong. Georgia should have been in the Final Four. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It will be pure chaos. It will be pure fun. But um, what? what, Okay, so i got to ask, what's going to be the – are you going to have a show the day before? the game or when is going to be the last show before the we'll, game we'll figure that out for sure um and uh and let you know kind of you know scheduling wise what what'll be happening uh in the lead up to the game but appreciate the call old jay here on the big show ktgr and ktgr.com yeah i mean uh, i feel for florida state and i would have put them in i would have gone michigan washington florida state alabama here's the thing though like i'm trying to remember what i was trying to say um, but, uh, but, but yeah, uh, I personally thought that Florida state got, uh, a little bit, uh, jobbed by this and, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see exactly what, what happens, but maybe what I was going to say, uh, I quite honestly had a, a complete blanking of what I was about to, uh, oh, put out there, um, right beforehand. So I'm going to just move on. Let's go to, yeah. <laughs> Live radio, folks. Steve here on the KTGR Hotline. Steve, what do you think about the uh, the playoff? Well, I'm like you. I think Florida State uh, should have been in. And uh, people aren't talking about how a not-real-good Auburn team should have beaten Alabama and only lost on a Hail Mary at the end. And uh, and for those people that say that they got to have a college playoff with an SEC team, that would be like saying, well, the American League East gets a team in the World Series every year because everybody knows they're the best division. I, I don't buy that. Well, uh, it's, not, it's not apples to apples on that. Appreciate the call, Steve, here on the Big Show KTGR. It is about to be because we're about to see automatic bids uh, once the 12-team playoff uh, comes about. But, um, I mean, it, the AL East gets a, gets a team anyway because they had a, a division winner, so like that – that's your playoff team. So and there could be more on top of that. Here's what I'll say. Like, and I just remember what I was going to say. But if it was the four best teams, then you would put Georgia in and you would put Oregon in. Like, that's one of the four best teams in the country. That Oregon, even though they lost to, uh, to Washington this weekend. Would you put them in over Washington? If we were talking about the four best teams, again, if we're talking about this being a part of the eye test and, oh, who's who's looking the best? Like, if that's our criteria, yeah, then put Georgia in. Put, put Oregon in. Those games shouldn't matter. Like, at some point, the regular season has to matter. And, look, you can make that argument for, for some of those other teams over Florida State. I, I understand. But Florida State did not lose. And that's why I think this is a, this is a rough moment for the uh for the college football yeah if you like picture if they were doing it like in the nfl playoffs or something like that we'll use another football example where it's like 
You've got an 11 in what, 11, 11 minus. I'm trying to do the math in my head. Whatever. You got like a 12 win or like a 13 win top of the NFC or whatever, who's been kind of, you know, dogging on some some pretty bad teams. Like, they're in a bad division the or Vikings. something like that. The Vikings, the Vikings last yeah. year with all their one-score wins. And, yeah. and you look at them, you're like, dang, these this team is kind of a fraud. They're definitely not, like, that high of a seed yeah. in this playoff. But they put them there anyways because they actually won the games. Won the and games. then you're like, all right, if they survive, they survive. If they don't, you don't. And then you can, you know, confirm your biases there. Look, and then it actually happened when they lost to the Giants. Right. Like, again... This will ultimately, the system does have to work to put the teams in that played the best and played themselves into position to play for a championship. That is how every sport league does this, top to bottom. TCU got that grace. Cincinnati got that grace, man. And we saw how right. we saw how that Natty went for TCU. We saw how that game against Alabama went but for TCU Cincinnati. But TCU even won a game. Like, TCU yeah. won a game in the college. They won the semifinal. That's the, literally the proof of concept no. for being like, oh, man, these this, these teams going to get swamped. Like, no, nah, man, yeah, they throw course, a book at Michigan. Of course Georgia was mountains ahead of TCU to, at that point. Yeah. Doesn't mean TCU doesn't deserve to be there. They played one of the best seasons in college football that year. And <laughs> you, you can't just say no to, to a team that's just that point. wiping the floor, man. It's about doing what you're supposed to do to put together a championship season and florida state did that and yeah they're a different team with jordan travis out than whether or not he was in i i understand but if you're judging florida state based off of what was happening or how they were looking in the acc championship game against a top 15 opponent in louisville they were one-point favorites in that game, and they outperformed that uh, projection by nine points. They just smothered them, man. Uh, defensively, that was one of the best perf- single performances by a team in a single game that I have seen all season long. And look, I, I didn't get to watch a ton of college football games from start to finish, but I watched that one, and the Seminoles suffocated that Louisville offense suffocated them. It is a team sport. I understand the quarterback is the most important position on the field, but this is a team sport, and Florida State as a team got to the point where they put together a resume that should be deserving of a college football playoff berth, and the committee did not recognize that. Jordan Travis being out, fine, but Texas didn't have their quarterback uh, healthy the whole season. They had to win some games without their starter out there. It, uh, every team had to go through some sort of injury adversity this year. And again, like Jordan Travis said, I wish I had broken my leg earlier in the season so that this team could show that it's not just about me, that they can win these games anyway without me out there. So, yeah, the the fact that they're being judged solely based on the last two games that they showed out there, and particularly on offense, and just disregarding what's happening on the other side of the football, because why would we ever pay attention to the defense in a football game? <laughs> uh, like it, w- it wins on. championships, or so I'm told. Seriously, I've heard tell the defense wins championships. I could be wrong though. Caller text us five seven three eight seven five fifty eight forty seven. Uh, again, I just don't think they got it right. But uh, again, uh, I think we should be happy today that Mizzou gets. I'll tell Ohio you what, they State. did get right though. Part of the, uh, yeah, look, Mizzou versus Ohio State, the yeah, Cotton Bowl, Mizzou baby. Mizzou versus Ohio State, and look, that matchup is kind of created by the fact that Georgia State got left out, and that Georgia got left out, so that they all, all, all automatically go to the Orange Bowl, 
and Ohio State gets freed up from going to that bowl, and they get selected for one of the at-larges, and they match them up with the Mizzou. Nice stuff. Glad that that ended up uh, being the case. That everything, everything's happening for a reason, I suppose. And uh, it was really funny. Sense. Like as soon as like I saw that announcement, I was like, "Oh boy, I want to see that Chris Abrams train versus Marvin Harrison Jr. matchup. That would like give me life. I think that would move mountains." And then yeah. like ten minutes later, I was like, "Oh wait a minute, Marvin Harrison." Yeah, not we'll see if Marvin one. Harrison Jr. He's probably not going to suit game. up for that one. Actually, uh, yeah, now that we think about it, I don't know if there's been official word one way or the other on that, but. Uh, I would be surprised to be played in the game. Mika is pretty good, though. No, look, again. He like, might suit up for that one. Sure. That'd you're be a gonna really replace, good test. You're going to replace your former five-star with a former four-star. Like, come on. <laughs> Who's also, you know, playing out of his mind this season. Yeah, all kinds of talent on Ohio State. They have it to spare. That defense is legit. Bill Connolly was talking about it last hour. Cody Schrader is 115 yards away from matching Tyler Beatty on the uh, single-season Mizzou rushing record list. Uh, 115's a tough number to get to against Ohio State, but again, like I've said it time and again, doubt Cody Schrader at your own risk. So, I mean, the way that he's been running through to, to finish this season, I would definitely give him a shot at maybe reaching that. But it won't be because he wants to get the record. It'll be because Mizzou needs him to to perform well to, to win that game. That, that'll that be why it happens. But uh, we'll, we'll see. Going to be a fun matchup coming up in uh, in Arlington in a few weeks. 875-KTGR. Call or text us here uh, with your thoughts. Do we have a line on that game yet? A line on, on uh, Mizzou-Ohio State? I yeah. can look one up just to uh, see if we can project I'm thinking like advance. it's probably opening like Ohio State like four-point favorite or something. I think I, I want to say that they may be opened as a six and a half, but I oh okay I want to make sure I confirm that before anything else. Well, maybe it's changed when their QB one went to the transfer portal. I mean, it, it probably did. Uh, there's definitely bound to be movement from that point. They opened as six and a half point favorites. Fair. It is now down to minus two and a half. Wait, uh, Kyle McCord's a four point swing. <laughs> Wait, okay, I guess. That's what I'm seeing. Uh, in some places, it's all the way down to two in Ohio State's. Uh, Do they really favorite. not like their backup? I mean, how I mean, much has he played? Like, he hasn't played say, all that much. It's not like we've, we've and I think there's actually supposed to be maybe a little bit of competition for this, from what I can tell. Again, mm. Ryan Day was non-committal on saying who his quarterback Is was going right? to be. Uh, I mean, partly because I don't think the news had broken that Kyle McCord yeah. was going to be entering the portal, but... Yeah, I mean, at the same time, if you know that that's going to be happening in the back of your head, you don't want to say right away uh, one of the backups for sure, and only say one backup. I I think they might even be testing some of these guys out to say, all right, who's going to be our guy next year, or do we need to go portal shopping uh, because these guys aren't going to cut it. So There's Some good options out there. Yeah, we'll see. Cam Ward. Oh, there, there's plenty. Uh, <sighs> yeah, there's the quarterback uh, class in the transfer portal this year is getting pretty loaded. So we'll see. 875-KTGR. Call or text us with your college football playoff uh, thoughts. But we do want to get some Mizzou men's basketball thoughts in as well. They yes. got a win over Wichita State yesterday by 10 points. Look, they get they got they did what they needed to do. They made sure that they took care of business on home courts. That's a that's a solid win. I mean, Wichita State's fine. This ain't your um, older cousin, Wichita State. Let me tell you. No, it's not. Um, 
definitely a fall from the last five years or so from what they've been. But to to win that game, to essentially close the game well, because Wichita State started to make a push, but Mizzou did a nice job to not panic in those situations, like kind of like they did against uh, Jackson State not too long beforehand. But shot the ball fairly well. Uh, Three-pointers were, were fine. Sean East, again, uh, he seems to be kind of the offensive leader. Um, thoroughly out-rebounded once again, but you kind of expect that sometimes. Uh, again, this Mizzou team, uh, the important thing is to identify the guys that you want to run with for most of the contest instead of just mixing and matching with 12 or 13 different and not really favoring one guy over the other. No, you got to you got to build a hierarchy and we're starting to see that a little bit more because how many guys played at least uh 25 minutes? I'm seeing at least 4 uh 15 minutes or more. Uh, Anthony Robinson got close to that. Uh, 14 minutes or more. There are like seven guys uh on that list that got 14 minutes or more. So, I mean, just the Build that rotation a little bit more solidly. Get guys into some set roles is going to be the important thing. Oh, man. We're uh, how many days away? Five? Five Five days days away from Lawrence, Kansas, and the matchup between the Tigers and Jayhawks. Allen Fieldhouse, baby. Right now, I would love to be optimistic about that game. It's going to be a tough Um, one. The realistic side of me is like, eh, Mizzou might not be ready for it. But again, you know. College basketball, the crazier things have happened. You this season, do have even. to you do have to run five versus eight when you go there, but you know, it is what it is. <laughs> so True. I mean give, give it your best shot. We'll we'll see. But the Bazoo is heading into the stretch where you scheduled the tough non con for a reason and you're about to enter the stretch where you need to make it count. You've got Kansas, then Seton Hall, then Illinois, and then one more cupcake non-con before you get to conference play. Time to get some wins. Time to get some quality wins once again. You've gotten one, essentially, at Pitt, but it's time to find more. Yeah, uh, one more thought on Wichita State, Mizzou. I, this game really felt like vintage. <laughs> it's funny saying vintage Dennis Gate. Gates, Mizzou. It felt like last year's team in a lot of ways where, yeah, you get out-rebounded by like a fair bit, but you're also forcing some really sick turnovers for Wichita State. They were really hemorrhaging possessions there. And I think even though they were, you know, shooting fairly well and they were still getting, you know, second-chance buckets and all that, you were still limiting the amount of times they were able, actually able to do something when they had the ball in their hands. And so I feel like if you're able to keep up being that positive in the tur- turnover margin, I think it was like 18 to 9 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It was plus nine. It was for like plus Mizzou. nine. Like the turnover, like forcing, the, like steals was like 13 to like five or, or like yeah. 13 to like some single the, digit number. And then that doesn't mean anything unless you're actually punishing those chances. And Mizzou was good in the yes. points off turnover department, too. They were plus 13 there. So, uh, it, yes, you do need to find some consistency in the transition game to maybe go back to what you were doing last year. But it, I don't know if Mizzou's personnel is as conducive to that part of the game as they were last year. Demoy Hodge was one of the best that you could find in the transition game. I think that's where he really proved his mettle last year was just being a fiend in the offensive transition game, and Mizzou reaped the benefits from that. So, again, you, you got to find a little bit more of an identity. The way you do that, though, is you 
build out your rotation, you find out where guys fit, and I think we're starting to see a little bit more of that. I don't know if it will all get figured out by the time they have to play Kansas this week, but we'll see. You, you play the games and you see what happens. 875-KTGR, call or text us uh, with your thoughts uh, here on the big show. We will get to uh, some Cardinals talk. Brendan is going to join us uh, once again. He joined us earlier uh, from the winter meetings in Nashville. He'll be back for some Cardinals talk at 545. But we got to get to last night's Chiefs game because even if you disagree with the what the call was made at the very end of the game on defensive pass interference, the fact that you needed that call to go the Chiefs' way to win – that kind of tells you how the game went. We'll talk about the Chiefs next in the Big Show. You are listening to the Big Show podcast on KTGR.com. Hey, keep texting in what you think about the bowl matchup, Mizzou and Ohio State in the Cotton Bowl Classic. Fourth Cotton Bowl for Mizzou. First one since, uh, well, the 2013 season. It was technically played early January 2014. Mizzou got the win against Oklahoma State. A Young Andy Humphrey was there and uh, enjoyed the heck out of wow. himself in that game. Um, so, yeah, it was fun. Uh, it, was, uh, it was a nice one to go to. And uh, 2008, of course, people remember that one for Tony mm-hmm. Temple. Uh, we have... Mm. who they play in that game? Out of curiosity? Uh, that, was, uh, that was Arkansas, wasn't it? Oh, interesting. Yeah, it was. Interesting that. James texting in, here's the real question. Can Cody Schrader break Tony Temple's Cotton Bowl <sighs> rushing record of... 281 yards. Let's oh, take it there. Boy. Dial it up. Let's, let's do a poll on that. Oh Can we do gosh. polls? Uh, I mean, sure. But, Facebook uh, X? Come on. But, uh, let's get some conversation just, going. Here's the thing. It, as as Bill Conaway mentioned, it's very possible that Mizzou just gives it to Cody Schrader 60 times or something like that. that would, that's what it would happen if Bell they treatment, just go huh? ahead. Yeah, I mean, if they think they can run on Ohio State, they're not going to. Go go away from that, and Cody Schrader will definitely uh, have a chance to chase some records. He's only one fifteen away from uh, Tyler Beatty's single season rushing record at Mizzou of sixteen hundred four. I say only one hundred fifteen yards away, as if it's just some close number. It's not in in the normal world, but Cody Schrader has proven that he can surpass that number pretty consistently. He's done it over the last uh, five weeks or so, a lot of the time. So, I mean. Always possible. Might depend on Ohio State on who Ohio State's got in there. But again, a whole lot of talent on the other side for the Buckeyes. Doesn't matter how many opt outs they have, they're still gonna be a tough team. And Mizzou will have their hands full. But I can't wait for the matchup and I can't wait to see how Cody Schrader approaches the matchup. Because he he's gonna leave it all out there. Like this is his last college game. No eligibility left after this. Playing for the school that he loves. Like yeah, leaving it all out there. No question about it. 875-KTGR. Call or text us. The Chiefs laid an egg at the Packers. A lot was made about Patrick Mahomes' first trip to Lambeau. How's it going to be different? I mean, it's just another NFL stadium checking off the list, and you know, Mahomes will do Mahomes things. And Sure did try to, but for the first time, Chris, we all of a sudden see the defense become one of the reasons why the Chiefs didn't uh, essentially get the win that they needed to, or at least get the production that they needed to. Yeah. I can 
I can feel a little bit better about it, though, because they had some key injuries. Like, Drew Tranquil got you hurt. You had Drew Tranquil for half a quarter at most. Yeah, the concussion protocol had to miss the rest of the game, and so now they're down to the third-string middle linebacker. You lost one both of, your green dots. One of your most important players on the defensive side of the ball, and he has to be thrust in after not playing very many snaps in the first few games of this, of this season. So... That, that sets you back, and it's something to where once Drew Tranquil gets healthy, or maybe Nick Bolton, because he's back at practice, we'll see if he That's gets a chance to... Uh, yeah, not, not activated from IR, but he's in that window. Something to monitor. Um, we'll see if he can get back on the field soon. But you, you need that guy. You, you need either Bolton or Tranquil, who have been really good in that spot. And I'm not saying that Jack Conkring can't uh, do the job if he's a little bit more prepared he to take on more. If he's a little bit more prepared to take on that role, then I can maybe trust him in some of those spots, but not as much as Tranquil or Bolton, clearly. And then you also lost Brian Cook in the second half. And How did he not his... break his ankle? Did you see that? The no, I did not see it. I don't, I don't want to see it. Don't show it to me. Uh, I won't. Like that, but I, I can tell always, you, I don't know how I it's not I always shy away from those gruesome injuries. I don't even, I don't even want to see him. Um, so... That was a bad one. Uh, I guess the x-rays came back negative, which is a good sign. I don't know how. Uh, yeah, I have no idea either. Um, but wasn't great to then lose a safety on top of that uh, in the game. So, like, those were issues that I don't expect to be lingering issues for the Chiefs going forward. If Brian Cook can get back to health, maybe he misses the next game against the Bills. I don't know. I will but say also. No broken ankle is is a good sign. Drew Tranquil, concussion protocol, give him some rest, give him a chance to recuperate. He might even be back this week, but who knows? You treat concussions uh, all differently. We'll, we'll see. Uh, the, the, or I don't say treat them differently. Not all of them are created equal. You'll see yeah. when Drew Tranquil's back. But Th- that said, the I, I Chiefs' was... run defense just <sighs> it needed porous. a man. It, porous. It, it needed those against when you when they didn't have Aaron Jones. All they had was AJ Dillon. And look, I understand AJ Dillon's a tough runner. You have to stop him from getting those four or five yards on first down the whole time. It was giving the offense confidence. It was giving the offense more flexibility. It was giving Jordan Love more comfort out there. Look, Jordan Love's been doing better and better throughout this uh, last stretch of the season that he's had with the Packers all of a sudden going on a run here and thrusting themselves into the playoff conversation like they tend to do later in the season, and the Chiefs caught one of those games. But as a defense, you have to put more pressure on him. You have to uh, take away some of his options. He, you got to wreak havoc, and they did not wreak enough havoc last night to win that game, to allow 27 points to that offense. Yeah, I I was not impressed by that. The The offense themselves for the Chiefs, yes, they could have been better too. Those first couple of drives where they let up three sacks through those first couple of possessions and they stall out in the red zone, have to settle for a field goal, like, that stings. That, that ties the game there. You turn those three points into seven, it's 27-27, and you're going to overtime. I I don't know what this team is capable of now after seeing them not put together a complete game in a place where you know you can trip up. That is a tough place to go and win, no matter how strong or weak the Packers might be season after season. Tough place to go this time of year is Lambeau Field. I've been saying it all season, too. But 
Yeah. I mean, the fact that the Chiefs couldn't put together uh, a game to, uh, to, to weather that, and sure, you can be mad at the pass interference call at the very end. It was clearly pass interference. The officials have been bad all season, and the fact that you had to rely upon the, ish, the officials to be good for once in that moment is a testament to how poorly you played, Chiefs. See, the thing is, like, I thought down the stretch towards the end of that ball game when you were kind of getting to like that uh, end of third quarter going to the fourth quarter, I thought the defense was putting up a acceptable job of holding the Packers back and giving the Chiefs offense a window to get back into that football game. And they did for a little bit. It was like, what, like a two-point game at some point? It's like yeah. 21-19 no. to 19 yeah. going yeah, into the fourth quarter. Yep. So the opportunity for the Chiefs to sort of smash and grab their way into getting a win it wouldn't be perfect. It wouldn't be glamorous. It wouldn't be entirely healthy. But, you know, at the end of the day, you'd still get out there with a win and you'd be 9-3. and three. Everything would be hunky-dory. But, yeah, this is the first time all season where, like, well, there have been some other, you know, op- other spots in there, too. It really felt like there was not a whole lot of complimentary football being played here. There wasn't a whole lot of the offense backs up the defense here if they were, you know, feeling the pressure from Jordan Love and the passing attack that the Packers were bringing. And it felt like the Chiefs' offense wasn't getting like that necessary stop. They were not getting those extra possessions from the Chiefs' defense, forcing like three now. You know how long those possessions for the Packers were in no, like, those were, early uh, first yeah. quarters? Yeah, it was. There were like two possessions max between the Chiefs and the Packers, and it was already until like the two minute. No, warning. like it, yeah, like the Packers had their last chance to score with the two minute warning uh, hitting, and then. They missed the field, or did they miss the field goal? No, they were kicked out of field goal range by the sack, and then they had to punt it away. And then the Chiefs had a kneel down for their third possession of the first half. And it was the fewest, it was the first game, I believe, this year in the NFL where he had six or fewer possessions between the two teams in a first half. Like that was, that was an anomaly of a type of game that that was played. But also, that is how you beat the Chiefs. That is the Packers executing a game plan to perfection. That's what the Broncos did. The Broncos played ball control with their run game against the Chiefs. They The best way to beat Patrick Mahomes is to make sure he doesn't step on the field. And they did that. They ate up the like half the first quarter, only gave Patrick Mahomes one chance to touch the football in the first quarter. And those two red zone chances that the Chiefs got early in the game, now loom very large with the few amount of times that you actually got to possess the football in that game. But again, Packers got to start the game with the football, and they got to dictate the tempo of the game at the very start. And look, if you can't stop the run in that sense, A.J. Dillon didn't light it up. He had 18 for 73, but every time that he touched the football, it seemed like a chore for the Chiefs to try and bring him down. It, too many times... That's he came power up quadzilla, with, baby. Yeah, he came up with the run that he needed to the offense to use in order to open up their playbook, give Jordan Love some of those options, and then Love played great. For 267 yards, three touchdowns, he'll take that out of your quarterback any day of the week, no matter what team you're on. And... All in all, the Chiefs were done in by the red zone chances, the bad pick by Mahomes, although you could maybe equally blame Sky Moore for the route that he ran. It's time to just shelve Sky Moore and give more snaps to Richie James. I 
you're right, Chris. The the complimentary football aspect of this is eluding the Chiefs way too many times this year. They haven't been dinged for it as often as they probably should have been. But last night's game, I think, showed all the warts. And now all of a sudden, you're you're looking up at some teams atop the AFC standings. Division's yours. I, you're not worried about that. But, I mean, the, the, the fact that they... You have tiebreakers with these teams that you're looking up at that you could have used well, as right, leverage. Yeah. And you still have them. Like, it's still out there, but you've got to run the table, I think. I, I don't think the one seed can be a team with five losses. I just don't think it's possible this year, even with how bad the AFC has looked. I don't think it is either. Like, I think it's a four-loss team, whoever is uh, sitting at home first weekend of the playoffs just watching everybody else go. Um, so you got to run the table, and that starts with the Bills this weekend. So, I don't know. She's That's never gotta, gone bad in the regular season before. They, uh, no, never. That just came a, it just became a whole lot more important. Uh, so we'll see if Chiefs can get healthy on defense for that game because they're going to need it. And the offense just has to get out of the funk. They've been relatively healthy on offense all season long. That has not been the issue. The issue has been just... The, Little things here and there. Well, there it's, was, not, it's not just one big one. There's one little injury bug, and that was losing your starting left tackle. I think it was Donovan Smith, right? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was out for a good amount of the game, too, and uh, he's, I think, questionable this week. Okay, we'll this is like the one juice in. box I have to give out. Shout out to Wanya Morris for holding it down. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, I, think I thought they, he did. I think the young guys on that offensive line for the Chiefs, they can hold their own. Wanya Morris, I thought, would have a chance at maybe a starting job last year, but... Um, or was he drafted this year? I can't remember if he, he was, was drafted this year. This year, okay. I'm thinking of somebody else uh, in that. You're room. thinking of that Kentucky. Kentucky. Tackle. Yep, that's right. Which wasn't Wanya Morris from Kentucky too? No, he's from Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Okay, I'm getting everybody mixed up. But <laughs> again, the the Chiefs don't have a whole lot of time to figure this out. If the, look, the the buy has been very important to the Chiefs and the runs that they have had to the Super Bowl. Making sure that the playoffs run through Arrowhead has been a very important thing. If you don't get that by, you are now having to subject Patrick Mahomes for the first time in his career to a true road playoff game if you are expecting to get to the Super Bowl. That is a very real possibility, and the uncertainty of what could happen in that situation, especially with this Chiefs team, particularly the offense, I don't know how I feel about that future. 875-KTGR, give us your thoughts. We'll get to uh, some more of your uh, calls and texts here, but up next, Brendan will join us once again from the winter meetings in Nashville. Just can't get rid of this guy. I know, exactly. And then the Cardinals uh, possibly could be busy this week during the winter meetings. John Mozeliak is certainly indicating that there's one outfielder that they're looking to trade away. Uh, We'll talk about that uh, up next after this live local sports center. You're listening to the Big Show Podcast on KTGR.com. Show on KTGR, KTGR.com, and the KTGR app. Give us your uh, Chiefs thoughts, 875-KTGR, to call or text us. Oh, look who's back. It's Brendan. Hey. What up? Hey, I heard I was able to come on and give some Chiefs thoughts. They stink. Okay, Those good. are my thoughts. Yeah, don't need to tell me, partner. I mean, you don't have to convince yeah. us otherwise. Yeah. Hey, I mean, we need some, like, exciting news. Is Mosellock going to go for Shohei? Yes or no? Yeah, you know, I just came out of the suite where we got the media here, got a chance to talk to Mo, and yeah, it sounds like Shohei is basically a done deal. They just got to, <laughs> you know, get, get the paperwork. That's what I'm talking about, baby. Oh, boy. Yeah. 
I, Andy, I, I, that's not true, but I had to tell Chris something that he wanted to hear just because I know he's, he's in the dumps about the Chiefs, uh, as am I, by the way. Don't go to a jurisdiction of legality when the Chiefs are playing a primetime game and just decide, hey, they're going to be great because uh, they, they were not. Yeah, especially on the road, right. No, man. Shohei yeah. is not a Cardinal either, no, so that was, oh. that was fake news. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, uh, we'll, Sorry, guys. We'll see. Who is going to be a Cardinal, though? Is Tyler O'Neill still going to be a Cardinal? Well, that's a fair that's a fair question in, in yeah. news of the day. And uh, I, I know the reporting, obviously, earlier today from Mo himself was basically to, on MLB Network Radio, talk about O'Neill as sort of an afterthought. He, he named the starting outfield as of now. He said Dylan Carlson was the fourth outfielder. And he said, oh, oh that's right, Tyler O'Neill's on this team too. Yeah, we're trying to trade him. So <laughs> I, that's oh. kind of where it's at. That's yeah. kind of where it's at. He, he, he said on MLB Radio that they're listening to offers, you know, listening on Tyler O'Neill. But I think that makes sense. Mosellock up in the, the suite here at the Opryland Resort, which is just a massive building. The media contingent actually got lost uh, in the hallways trying to find the suite in the first place. But once we got there, Mosellock was asked about Tyler O'Neill and the comments that he made earlier. And basically he described it as one of those deals where it just may be the best for everyone to uh, find a fresh start because O'Neill views himself as an everyday player. Mo said, candidly, so do we. But when we look at what else we have, when you think about Newt Barr and Jordan Walker uh, and, and you know, the, the fact that they tried O'Neill in center field last year for a spell and it didn't work out well, I think it's just going to be difficult for the Cardinals to find him that playing time. I think what the Cardinals would like to do, Andy, is match up O'Neill to a team where the Cardinals can get back some bullpen help because that seems to be what they're circling the drain on right now is trying to add relief pitching. They feel good about where they are starting pitcher-wise, which isn't to say they couldn't make a trade or something to that end. But bullpen, I think, it sounds like is the main priority, and you could potentially kill two birds with one stone if Tyler O'Neill goes somewhere for a reliever. So that's kind of my prediction. I don't know what you think of the comments from him, Andy, but my sense is O'Neill will not be on this team in February, like it would surprise yeah, me. Yeah, I, I think you're kind of right on that. It's just, it, it, and and again, it, w- it wouldn't be the wrong decision either. And I don't think it's really anything against Tyler O'Neill, but you do have to kind of prioritize what these other guys could, could potentially be. And I think Tyler O'Neill had his chance to show that he could be one of those guys, but that runway is kind of out, and he. Missed a lot of that runway with injury, unfortunately, but that's also part of the game. You have to be available for these situations, and Tyler O'Neill wasn't most of the time for when the Cardinals probably needed him uh, in those spots. So to to prioritize some of those other outfielders, I think, is the right thing, and if you can get some some value back. And the, I, I think bullpen could be uh, a good spot, but I'm just trying to see what the Cardinals have as far as bullpen already i mean helsley's still there i believe right. giovanni gallegos is gone right is they or is he still Gio, there Gio is still in the mix I, I think he ended the year on kind of an injury it would have been smart of a reporter to ask Mosella uh, he is under upstairs, contract by the way i'm, I'm watching it and he is no, a club option for next year yeah 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 Gio is still there i don't know 100 percent on his health status but uh mo mo didn't say anybody was in an alarming state in terms of Health-wise, there was nothing new to report about off-season new injuries or anything like that. So he doesn't think anybody, as of now, should be limited going into spring. Uh, Jojo Romero is another guy that emerged That's a good from one. the left like, side yeah, toward yeah. the end of last year. I think he'll be in that mix. I'm interested to see if uh, if your guy Libertor ends up 
maybe being a factor out of the bullpen, kind of like he was for a brief spell at the end of the season. What would you think about them sort of maybe not right away? They'll still have him go into spring as a starter, but what if he ends up kind of turning into like an Andrew Miller type of reliever? I know it wouldn't be what everybody hoped when they traded a Rosarena for him, but uh, maybe that's a way they go for the bullpen. I, I still think they need a couple arms, though, to help out that seventh, eighth, ninth contingent. Yeah, I'd be I'd be interested in that. the The main thing is that you have to find a way to put him in a role that works. And uh, I, yeah. I'm not out on him potentially being a starter either. Like there have been times where that's really worked out for him. It's just about consistency with him. Although when you when you went out and signed the three guys that you did, you're not going to give Matthew Libertor a real chance to be a consistent starter. So maybe that just it you've You've kicked the can down the road so much to where that might be one of your only options to give him a chance to really blossom. So I don't yeah. know. I, I might be on. I might be on that train too. And the fact that the the Cardinals have some of these other guys that they might want to try out younger in the farm system, but probably a little bit more upside down the road. I mean, you maybe want to make sure that you're not shutting them out either. Yeah, and, and on the pitching side, too, Mo mentioned a couple guys like uh, Robertson and Kloppenstein and Takoa Roby, potentially as they could be in the mix for some big league time as early as this coming year, depending on their health and development, obviously. So I thought those were some interesting names that the Cardinals are already thinking about that next crop that you mentioned. Uh, but I want to allude to the, the line that I thought was a, a nice piece of humor from Mo before we get out of here. Andy, that the notion of trading away the next Rosarena or Adolis Garcia probably has to weigh on this front office a little bit when you think uh, yeah. about the potential of Tyler O'Neill. But so that question was asked, like, do those trades make you kind of press pause a little bit on the idea of, hey, you're trading away another outfielder potentially? What do you think could happen? And Mo just said, well, he's going to get MVP votes. It is what it is. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> how it goes. So uh, we'll see yeah, what the Cardinals. Yeah, they kind of they kind of feel snake bitten a little bit by that, but there's not really anything they can do. So I, I think it's going to have to be, hey, if the deal is there, you make it. You can't look in the rearview mirror on, oh, I'm scared to make one because of what happened before. We'll see. Cardinals might be in for some action this week. Brennan will be following it over at the winter meetings. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you to Bill Connolly for joining us as well. Women's basketball tiger talk is up next, followed by men's basketball tiger talk, all here on KTGR. He's Brendan, he's producer Chris, I'm Andy. We'll see you tomorrow.